Welcome to your Optimal Personal Economy podcast with Justin Bennett. Your personal economy is your ability to create, protect, preserve, and utilize your wealth, your financial world. Justin will share strategies and stories to help you optimize your personal economy. Now, on to the show with Justin Bennett and co-host Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to episode number 15 with Justin Bennett. Today, Justin is asking a deep philosophical question. Do you prefer the same or less? Matt, when you start to look at one's personal economy and you start to have smaller micro conversations as it relates to certain areas, there's powerful conversations that we can have with people about how to make sure that certain areas are optimal. And so what I mean there is within the protection space of one's personal economy, we often find it to be the case that, you know, if somebody has a home and the home is valued at, let's call it a million dollars for conversation, when they're working with their insurance company, their insurance company works with them to arrive at what's called a replacement value of that home. So in the event that the home burned down, was lost due to a hurricane, they ultimately, meaning the homeowner would want to receive a check from the insurance company for the value of the home prior to the loss. And I think when you think about it, you know, from a practical standpoint, and I know I can, you know, certainly tell you that over the years I've insured quite a few homes and at no point during the application process did the property and casualty insurance company ask me how much money I have in a retirement account how much money I have in the bank or what my other assets would look like to then discount the amount of replacement value that I would have assigned to this home, right? So it's like the idea is that all other assets and all other areas are not taken into consideration when you come up with an assessment on what your replacement value should be on your home. It's simply looking at the asset itself and coming up with a determination on what that market value or what that replacement value may be, assigning that value, and then protecting it for 100% of whatever that may be. But we this, don't do this with our lives, though, right? I mean, that's that's the thing is it, it's not that easy of, a, of an equation, is it? it? It's not. But before we go there, what I probably want to just provide as a, another example is like if we're, you know, if you're married – and let's say you have a wife who has a an engagement ring. You know, generally speaking, it makes sense to properly protect that ring in the event it was lost or stolen or broken. I mean, I could tell you that firsthand my wife's ring was actually was broken and we had to we had to replace it. But I think what ends up happening is you you get an appraisal from a jeweler and you take a receipt from the purchase of the ring and you send it to the insurance company and the insurance company comes up with, you know, a replacement value and they tell you that, you know, your ring is worth $40,000 and ultimately we're going to be able to provide replacement value equal to $40,000. What doesn't happen is they tell you or you find out that your ring is your wife's ring is worth $40,000 and you go to the insurance company and you're like, "Hey, you know what? XYZ company I only want $12,000 of protection because I got 28,000 bucks in my checking account. Like that, that doesn't happen. Right. (laughs) Right. So, 
so again, one additional example of how we look at assets and we voluntarily make the decision to have replacement value. So what we do at Bennett Financial is take the same thought process and apply it to our lives, right? So, you know, if we are in a working phase of our life and we're producing capital referred to as income, it's simply a present value of future earnings. So depending upon how old somebody may be has nothing to do with how much money they're making with respect to income. But if somebody's in their 20s or somebody's in their 30s or somebody's in their 40s, ultimately the factor to which we use to determine the replacement value may slightly change, but the factor will always be a multiple of one's income. And so we apply the same thought process to the house and the ring that we do to one's human life replacement value. And so ultimately when you diffuse all the all the baloney and you look at just simply the economics of it, it's a present value of future earnings. So it's one's current year income times a multiple. And I think what ends up happening is once we get people to look at their replacement value as to what's possible, they recognize that it doesn't really make any sense to start to discount it by how much money they may have in the bank or how much money they may have in their their IRA or, you know, any other external factor that may play into the conversation. So, you know, we don't want to we don't want to make things more complicated than what they need to be, because the probability and the likelihood of one generating that income for the next, you know, X amount of years is a lot more likely than that person not generating it. However, the people that we work with, and I think the people that really understand planning, macroeconomic planning, would say that there's no reason why they would want life to be any different for their family if they're generating the income or not. And once we get that conversation out there on the table, we start to really have authentic and practical conversations. And we're able to demonstrate through our expertise that we can provide this type of planning without it taking away from another area of their life. Because I think that's the point that ultimately people decide not to protect an asset for the full replacement value is because they feel like the dollars that they have to earmark for that purpose would take away from another objective or another area of their life. And if we can prove to them through strategy-based planning that that other concern of feeling like it's going to take away from something else will not apply to them in their planning, then we're able to create a very meaningful relationship and be very valuable for that person in their ongoing planning. That makes a lot of sense. So I think that, uh, you know, when you think back to our title, you know, it's somewhat rhetorical, but I think that, you know, it's pretty practical and those that, you know, may say they want less are typically a little bit or maybe talking in a joking manner or frankly, if they're serious, you know, I don't think that they're they're the people that we find ourselves working with. It's certainly not the people that it's certainly not the way in which we leave. We, we lead our life because I think it's important to know that everything we speak to our clients about is the manner in which we live our lives. Although the numbers may be different, I think philosophically and from a true planning standpoint, it's important for people to know that we we take the same outlook, the same paradigm, 
and we try to move through time side by side with our clients to empathize with them and let them know that we could totally relate to everything that we're speaking to. Gotcha. All right. Well, do you prefer the same or less? Any other closing thoughts? We certainly prefer the same, if not more. So uh, for, (laughs) for, for, for those that may want less, we wouldn't judge that. We would understand that. We just probably wouldn't be a good fit for that profile. Good call. Good call. Well, Justin, thank you very much for your thought leadership today. Thank you, Matt. This was episode number 15. Do you prefer the same or less? And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, make sure that you click the subscribe button below. That way, when Justin comes out with another podcast, it will show up directly on your listening device and also makes it easier for you to share with your friends and family. With that, thank you very much. And we'll see you for episode number 16 very soon.